show. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this final broadcast of the month of September, 2023. This is The Horn. It is the 29th of September, 2023. Head on.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza. That is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. All times in between and the great globe round and where if you pop in right now, it being Friday on the front porch and all, uh, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers to the chat room, Theo and Squeaky, and capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, and Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Roger in Oregon. And, uh, well, like I said, it's Friday on the front porch, so we will be gathering over the river and through the woods in the whole old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves every Friday in, in which we keep the extraordinary ordinary round table around which we gather and sort out the issues of the week. Hi, I'm Robin, and if you're listening to the podcast, please be so kind as to uh, share it with your friends and neighbors. Make it possible that maybe they can be part of this community as well. They can't, they can't join in if somebody doesn't tell them about us. Uh, and, you know, word of mouth is the best recommendation, the best advertising, the best public relations. Like every episode, subscribe if you haven't. That way you'll find out every time a new episode goes up. Leave a comment so the algorithms will know, you know, who like. Uh, we're here, we're here. And thank you. Thank you so very much. It is Friday on the Front Porch. There's a button at the top of Head on Live that will carry you over the aforesaid river and through the aforesaid woods to the aforesaid old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves and where we keep the aforesaid Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable. Thank you uh, for uh, being part of this process. Um, Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, as a consequence, thanks go out to uh, our 29th day of the month subscribers, which there are none. That's a that's a thing because February apparently PayPal never figured out how to deal with February. But thank you, Ralphs. Uh, for the challenges this week. Thank you so much to Larry in Liberalville for all of his challenges, or this week-long massive challenge. And thank you to John 
John in Maryland. Thank you so much for the uh, massive anonymous challenge. That was Larry in Liberalville, actually. It's not anonymous, but thank you. So we closed the program at $310 to go to finish off Larry in Liberalville's massive challenge. We're now down to $210 to go. Thank you, John, again. Um, and let's see. who. There we go. Um, Uh, from uh, Scott, subject line, donate 25 bucks in memory of Scott in San Diego, Punky and Chips the Cat, Chirps the Cat, Chirps. I can still hear him stirring his coffee and obsessively scraping every bit of cat food from the can. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to remember, and that's, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and so that gets us down to 210, 200, 190, 185 to go. For this massive challenge, and once it's met, we will actually have finished the month of September fully funded. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And a little bit on top of the challenge because of the percentage bonus for going over uh, over the $200 mark uh, a few times this week. Thank you. Um, so uh, this being Friday and all, it's kind of a... Well, it, it is it is a sad day. I think no better way to start the uh, conversation than with a note from Matt in San Francisco, who has perspective on the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein. It's a sad day for San Franciscans, Matt writes. Mayor Feinstein led our city at a very tumultuous time. Her stepping out in front of the assembled press to announce the murder of George Moscone and Harvey Milk to audible gasps is one of those things that is etched into my memory. She was a class act. I didn't always agree with everything she did, but she was a warrior in the arena and at a time when women were not always welcomed into the halls of power. I will also never forget how due to the Republicans in the Senate she was forced to be wheeled into various rooms to vote on this or that or the other because they would fight her being replaced. Shame on them. Yes, she and her husband had accumulated more wealth than anyone I know will see in a lifetime. But for the most part, she fought to make life better for the people of San Francisco, the people of California, and the citizens of the United States of America. Rest in power, Diane. This native San Franciscan salutes you. She's not the only class act, Matt. You are too, my friend. You are too. And so with the unfolding, the news unfolding, unspooling earlier today that, that the Republicans were going to try to burn it all down, the news broke that Dianne Feinstein had passed away. And the entire news, news cycle pretty much ground to a halt. She was a pioneer. She was the first woman to serve as a member of the United States Senate from California. A lot of people don't remember that she just barely lost the governorship of California to Pete Wilson. And in the intervening time, the confirmation hearings of a man that a lot of people were right about, but not enough. 
and the truly disgusting behavior of the, the all-male Senate Judiciary Committee at the time, well, it, it, it provided an opening for Dianne Feinstein to say, hey, I think I'd like to be a senator. And California wisely sent her to the Senate, where she did great things. It took a lot of starch for her, and perhaps no one else could have, to stand up even uh, stand up to the Obama administration and say, "Nope, the torture report's coming out." And she released the Senate torture report. And America learned a lot about the hateful criminality that had taken place and been put in place by Dim Leader and Darth Cheney and their ilk in the reign of error and during the night uh, the, 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 the 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 war crime the crime against humanity that was George W Bush's war of choice against the people of Iraq and Afghanistan but particularly Iraq Abu Ghraib among other things You know, Matt says, and in talking about or recalling that vicious, hateful war that George W. Bush waged, um, well, Matt, writing of Senator Feinstein, said, I didn't always agree with everything she did, but she was a warrior in the arena. And in a way, that made me think of Robert Byrd. In the in 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 the frenzied run-up to the war in Iraq, when Senator Byrd stood up and said, "Wait, wait," and shamed the Congress for its craven abdication of its constitutional power. in order to let George W. Bush go on a homicidal frenzy. A homicidal frenzy that resulted in the deaths of over a million innocent Iraqi non-combatants and some 5,000 of our own military personnel. And so the weekend will probably be taken up to a certain extent with remembrances of Senator Feinstein, which she deserved and deserves. Nancy Pelosi offered up remarks earlier today, and you could tell that she was visibly shaken and saddened because those two working together 
had gone back as far as the 1984 Democratic National Convention in San Francisco, at which point a then young Nancy Pelosi, not even in politics yet, had been an intern uh, in the uh, in the work that went into making that convention come off darn near flawlessly under the leadership of Diane Feinstein. She is well worth remembering. And I suppose now Emilio sends me a volleyball emoji and the palm of a hand with a mere word, Wilson. Too soon, Emilio. Um, But now, I suppose, and I hate to be vulgar, now I suppose the shitstorm starts. There are four people vying for the Senate seat that Dianne Feinstein had already indicated she would vacate and not in not running for another term. Adam Schiff, Katie Porter, Barbara Lee. Uh, who's the fourth? Sorry. And the only person who will be happy with whomever Gavin Newsom appoints, and he's got an option. He can either appoint someone to fill out the unexpired term, or he can call a special election. The Senate is in too fragile a circumstance to call a special election. He needs to appoint someone to fill the seat and serve the unexpired term, but he will alienate a significant portion of his own party in California if he nominate if, if he if he selects appoints any one of the candidates presently running. So that means he has to appoint for all intents and purposes a caretaker. Just someone as a placeholder who knows how to vote the right way. And it's a mess. One of the first people I thought of that would be if he wants someone who will vow not to run. How about Auntie Maxine? But then he will have to appoint someone to fill her unexpired term in the House of Representatives, because the House of Representatives, Democrats cannot afford to be down another member. And with, with, the, with, with the proviso that I, do, I'm, I am not saying anything bad about anyone, but I, I think there's a lot to be said 
for taking one's leave at a time when taking one's leave can be, because this is all politics, can be used to advantage. Frankly, I think about I, th- I think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who did so much good. And had she stepped down at a time when Barack Obama had the Senate, we might not the Supreme Court might not be in the mess that it quite obviously is. And a certain amount of argument can be made in that regard for Senator Feinstein as well. She worked on the assault weapons ban that for a brief span of time reduced slaughter in this country significantly by keeping weapons of war out of the hands of homicidal lawful gun owner dude bros. Uh, Randy Radar asking, is Barbara Boxer still alive? She most assuredly is. That might not be a terrible idea. The problem is, Gavin Newsom has said things in the past, like if he had to, if, if he had to appoint someone to fill Dianne Feinstein's seat, that he would appoint a black woman. Most recently, he said he would only appoint a caretaker. Sometimes it's good to play one's cards close to the vest, you know. Uh, Ralph's is supportive of Barbara Boxer as a placeholder. It really does. It seems like a good idea. She knows her way around the Senate. She knows the rules. She's a veteran Senator, um, Roger joining in, Barbara Boxer is the logical choice, but he put himself in a box regarding his promise to appoint a black woman. Yes, he did. And that will not be easily forgotten or overlooked, for that matter. Whatever happens needs to happen in a hurry. All the way up to yesterday, Diane Feinstein was still voting. Which is really amazing. I mentioned Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas a little something on uh, the SCOTUS justice who is, well, he's more crooked than a dog's hind leg. As we've noted before, uh, when, the, when, when his time comes, they'll have to use an auger to bury him and screw him into the dirt because he's too crooked to stick in a coffin. We have another example of his potential criminality. The Daily Beast reporting that with his 2021 financial disclosure, Fappy didn't list any royalty income from the memoir that he wrote, My Grandfather's Son. 
It was a bestseller in 2007. Funny thing is, he hasn't reported any kind of royalty money since 2008. He got a $1.5 million advance for that self-serving tome. He got it from HarperCollins, and it was orders of magnitude greater that advance than anything that had ever been offered to a Supreme Court justice before. The story came from the Daily Beast's Roger Sollenberger. And he did talk to people that said, well, you know, maybe there's there's nothing to complain about. Maybe he's not reporting any royalties on it because he hasn't made any. An advance is technically an advance payment against sales. Maybe he hasn't sold a million and a half copies or a million and a half dollars worth. Remember all those little symbols the New York Times bestseller list has, and one of them's a dagger that indicates that it's gotten that a book has gotten onto the bestseller list by virtue of purchases in bulk. Huh? That often happens in the case of right-wing tomes that shortly wind up on the racks at uh, you know for a buck and a half at Dollar Tree or Dollar General or Family Dollar or Family Tree or General Tree or what have you. But the bottom line is he hasn't reported a blessed penny on it since 2008. He did report the one and a half million dollar advance. Sollenberger continued and wrote, Legal experts told the Daily Beast it's possible that Thomas whose financial disclosures have repeatedly been shown to be variously opaque, erroneous, and incomplete over the years, has handled his royalty income in a way that might not require disclosure. Possible, of course, that Thomas has assigned all royalties to someone else, in which case they're no longer income. You know, maybe somebody named Jin Jin. Ginsurrectionist, or maybe his sainted mama, whom Har Har's, uh, whom Har Har bought her house for a vastly inflated sum. Uh, meanwhile, Christopher. Ah. <laughs> uh, That's nice. Christopher in Oregon says, uh, California Senate seat. I have a candidate who's perfectly qualified and checks all the boxes. Tracy, the lady cab driver of Los Angeles. Whoo! You know what? 
she 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 and she and John Fetterman could form a team just handing out well deserved sick burns to the to use the Pittsburgh term jagoffs. I, I would imagine that Tracy would use a more colorful phrase that begins with mother. Mm-hmm. But the other big story is, of course, that the Republicans, not all of them, these poor screw-ups even killed their own funding bill today because they couldn't bring the Queen of the May, you know, Matt, it just gates worse, into the fold along with the other members of the Fedum carcass. And the Democrats refused to bail them out. And so here we are. And Kevin McCarthy's coming. Yeah, Matt Gates. Look, this is this is what happens when you give too much power to a drunken frat boy who creepers on pretty young women and pays underage uh, underage uh, girls for sex work on Venmo. And the drop-dead moment is 12.01 Sunday morning. Theoretically, tomorrow they will continue to work. Brinksmanship, I suppose. But I personally don't... That's the part that blows my mind. The Democrats could put forward a spending package, a continuing resolution... That just as everything that was agreed to with the debt ceiling deal earlier this year. And all you would have to do is have five decent Republicans. Count them. Five. Who would say, yeah, keeping the government running is more important than my own personal politics or my own personal weird-ass maggotry. No. Or maybe even my own re-election. But those five Republicans apparently do not exist. That, or maybe they're so dumb as to think that Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House, will blink before Kevin McCarthy does. But Hakeem Jeffries knows Kevin McCarthy for who, and more importantly, what he is. A craven coward. A man whose only goal is his own aggrandizement. A man who is hell-bent on staying Speaker of the House because it's all in the world he ever wanted, and he cut every deal, he slapped every back, he shook every baby and kissed every hand. 
And even so, reporting today says that Matt at Just Gates Worse will probably bring a discharge petition over the weekend to remove Kevin McCarthy as Squeaker of the House. So much for the deal-making. Now, bringing the discharge petition doesn't mean that Kevin McCarthy is necessarily out of a job. Still has to be voted on. But again, this is what happens when you give power to a drunken frat boy. I think he is a frat boy. And there's evidence of him being drunken. Meanwhile, Matt is Matt Gates is holding that uh, slimy mayonnaise jar in which they have Kevers McCarthy's testicles. It would be a real shame if something happened to this disgusting mayonnaise jar now. Wouldn't it, Kevin? And supposedly, Matt, it just gets worse, is trying to talk. Oh, what's his name? Is his first name Tom? He's a Republican from uh, Minnesota. Emmer? Emmer? E-M-M-E-R? I think so. into running, uh, talk him into running against Kevin McCarthy on the discharge petition. They don't got, they they can't govern. They don't want to govern. They want to destroy things because they they are first and foremost essentially and fundamentally fascists. There is some movement and some news coming out of the prosecution of Nitwit Nero and the gang that can't shoot straight in Fulton County, Georgia. The first co-defendant Ah, well, there's an update. Ralph says, Tom Emmer says he has no interest in replacing House Speaker McCarthy. If nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. No, back to Fulton County. The first of Julius Geezer's cronies has entered a guilty plea. According to The Guardian, Scott Hall, one of the RICO co-defendants, has entered a guilty plea. That news broke via Hugo Lowell of The Guardian today. 
that is quite obviously a plea agreement, which indicates that Scott Hall will agree to appear and truthfully testify about any matters within his knowledge upon the trial of the other co-defendants. Speaking of whom, we also learned today that Fonnie Willis's office will allow Kenneth Cheesebro and Squidney Powell, the Kraken lawyer, to enter guilty pleas in exchange for lesser sentences. That came directly from the prosecutor's office from Prosecutor Nathan Wade. No details were forthcoming. Because having made their speedy trial requests, well, that speedy trial is just a little over three weeks away. Now, the copy I'm looking at says that uh, it's not clear as to whether uh, the Kraken lawyer or Kenneth Cheesebro, the man who looks like Mr. Rogers with a Xanax problem, not clear whether they will testify in the other trials or cooperate. I would be surprised, however, if the prosecution team didn't want something out of it. Or maybe they're protecting other evidence for uh, other uh, for, for subsequent trials. But that just gets things a little bit hotter. Now we heard we had the story yesterday that Nitwit Nero had foregone his right to try to remove the case to federal court, and that 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 resulted in some head-scratching on my part, and I suspect on others. As to why he would do such a thing, but then, well, I saw another story that might answer the question. Could it be that Nitwit Nero waived his right to federal court removal betting on the uh, commission set up by the statute passed by the Georgia legislature that allows individual county prosecutors to be removed from office and Tangerine Tiberius thinks that that's something that's going to happen? Well, the Associated Press reported today that a state trial court judge declined to overrule the statute passed by the Georgia legislature that allows the aforementioned removal of county prosecutors. Superior Court Judge Paige Reese Whitaker in Fulton County said of the lawsuit brought by four state district attorneys 
Plaintiffs have not shown an injunction is a vital necessity to preventing an immediate and irreparable injury. The court is persuaded that the Georgia Constitution expressly authorizes the General Assembly to impose duties on district attorneys and to create the grounds and processes to discipline or remove district attorneys who fail to meet those duties. That sounds a bit naive, doesn't it? What that statute does is to create the Prosecuting Attorneys Qualifications Commission. That commission then has the power to investigate and even remove district attorneys. Now, it, wheedling the Georgia Republicans say, "Ah, well, you know, we're, we're, oh, we're 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 just protecting the integrity of the district attorney's office." in case one of them goes south but everybody knows what a what a what a gang of uh, unreconstructed unrepentant liars maggots are and it's pretty well understood that this statute would be used to re- remove Fonny Willis and of course the commission is made up entirely of maggots The counterpoint to that is that not everybody in the Georgia legislature seems to be on board with the concept and the uh, Georgia Senate, the Georgia Republicans in the Georgia Senate booted, and we've talked about him here before, a Lulu, by the name of Colt Moa, from the Republican caucus, saying that Colton Moore cannot any longer come and play their rainbow, uh, their <laughs> reindeer games. They only play their rainbow games in the closet. Those Georgia Republicans, grunting and barking and bleeding and howling, Colton Moore said. Today's removal, that's yesterday, today's removal is a direct result of me calling on my Republican colleagues in the Senate to do their job and sign on to an emergency session to investigate Fawny Willis. The Georgia Constitution clearly outlines the legislature's power to call an emergency session to investigate a judicial officer. After urging my Republican Senate colleagues to join me, they responded by acting like children and throwing me out of the carcass. So maybe, maybe not. And uh, John Burns, who is the Speaker of the Georgia House, also a Republican, was not willing to buy on to Colton Moore's idea of defunding the district attorney's office of Fulton County. Because, among other things, Fulton County district attorney's office has more than one case. And Atlanta is a big city. 
And big cities do deal with crime. I mean, just look at the dispatches from Marcus Horalius. Hopping up and down and screaming about. It, it's become a, a, criminal, a criminal wonderland. It's a playground for the criminals. It's a shithole. Speaker of the House John Burns said that uh, Colt Moore's idea flaunts the idea of separation of power, if not outright violates it. Naturally, this brought the hard cases and dead enders out in, uh, you know, out from behind the baseboards led by the likes of Laura Looney, Loomer. She's failed at congressional runs a couple of times, and she proudly refers to herself as an Islamophobe. And she she jumped on shitter and then put out a shit, saying... Throwing Colton Moore out of the Republican carcass in the Senate is an abomination. I stand with Colton Moore. Yeah, you, 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 you just stand there, Laura. And uh, the folks with the coats that have the long, long sleeves, the tie in the back will be right along presently. going to be plenty of drama to go along with this, don't you think? Feels like. And yesterday during, uh, as we were wrapping things up, and it was when, uh, I think it was when Todd and I were chatting, I said I was eager to see what would happen this morning on My Filthy Morning Habit given what all was said in uh, the first impeachment inquiry hearing. And we discussed, of course, uh, Jamie Raskin and Daniel Golden and Jerry Connolly's star turn as Andy Griffith. And along the way, along the way, I neglected the uh, the, the stylings of Texas's own Jasmine Crockett. Oh, and she was good. Give me just a second. Our buddy Texas T was kind enough to provide provide the audio of Jasmine Crockett. 
She's going places, Jasmine Crockett is. She is, I dare say, a national treasure. Oh, she was so good. I, I, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be James Comer and know that she had basically referred to you as everything but a child of God. If since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long. She's yes, examining I, a witness. I um, I've been taking a tally. Oh, okay. Can you um, show us? Can you so tell us what the tally is? More than 35 times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if. Thank you so much um, for that. Because honestly, if they would continue to say if or Hunter and we were playing a drinking game, I would be drunk by now. Because I promise you, they have not talked about the subject of this, which would be the president. But let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today. As I prepared, I said, what is the crime? Because when you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. And I, I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has tested. Now, I, I, I want to mention, I want to make mention of the fact that Jasmine Crockett has been, you know, to law school. So when she starts talking about all that high crimes and misdemeanor stuff, she knows what she's talking about. It was Jasmine Crockett who pointed out that, you know, unlike uh, Clanny Granny and unlike Marge, she, Jasmine Crockett, had actually been to law school, practiced law, and even been in a legislative body you know, for a little while, I think ever heard them say if since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long yes I I um I've been taking a tally oh okay can um, you show us can you so tell us what the tally is more than 35 times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if thank you so much um, for that because honestly if they would continue to say if or Hunter and we were playing a drinking game I would be drunk by now because I promise you they have not talked about the subject of this which would be the president but let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today as I prepared I said what is the crime because when you're talking about impeachment you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors and I, I can't seem to find the crime and honestly no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed but when we start talking about things that look like evidence they want to act like they blind they don't know what this is these are our national secrets looks like in the shitter to me no this looks like more evidence of our national secrets say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago 
when we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments. Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsifying business records, conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight counts related to soliciting and I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now but I will tell you what the president has been guilty of he has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward and honestly I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child until they find some evidence we need to get back to the people's work which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States and I will yield. Have you ever heard them? Damn! And by the way, there, this is inspiring on multiple levels because Jasmine Crockett is, as I said, from da- uh, from Texas. She is from uh, the Dallas area. And Texas is not going to be blood red forever. And you know who knows that better than anyone else? People like Greg Asbot and Dan Patrick and the the, the uh, credibly accused felon Ken Paxton. They know it, and that's why uh, that that's that's why Texas is gerrymandered so hard it makes people's teeth ache. She was uh, that you know that was just that was just a tiny little taste, and Michael Gerhardt had apparently been appropriately prepared because he was also the one who worked with Jerry Connolly uh, on on uh, the the part where he kept referring to Biden Tower. And the Biden properties and Biden deals with foreign governments. Oh, that was Trump. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, how how sweet. Andy the Angry Jew just said, uh, subject line, Jasmine, I played that clip for an eighth grade inner city class today as what people can achieve if they put their minds to it. Well, hold on there, Andy. That's a cowbell. Who knows whose lives you may have changed today? Proud of you. But what Jasmine Crockett did uh, is, is worth the time. She had five minutes. And she made every last bit of it count oh wait helps a lot if I use the right button much better 
so much, Mr. Chair. Before I begin my questioning, I want to remind everyone that the information recorded in the FBI Form 1023 that my Republican colleagues keep citing is not evidence of anything. This form reflects years old, secondhand, unverified information from a Ukrainian oligarch as relayed to the FBI by a confidential human source. These unverified secondhand allegations have been repeatedly debunked and undermined, including by the confidential human source who relayed this information to the FBI, the tip recorded in the Form 1023 was thoroughly explored by the U.S. attorney handpicked by Donald Trump, which was Attorney, attorney General William Barr, and the assessment was closed. Finally, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner who worked with the Ukrainian oligarch in question, told this committee in a transcript transcribed interview in July that he had no knowledge of any such payments allegedly described in this form. Repeating the same lies will not somehow turn them into truths. Kind of like the election that Trump lost. Say it with me. He lost it. Repeating the same lie that he won wasn't going to turn the election around. The lost in this chamber keep pushing lies and lunacy on behalf of a multi-time loser. So if we're going to talk about China, loser. let's go ahead and talk about China. And let's talk about the dealings. And let me point out the fact that right now, each of you has admitted that none of you are fact witnesses. We walked in without facts. And unfortunately, because what we say isn't necessarily evidence, we have wasted the American people's time and we are going to walk out of this chamber and we still have no facts that are leading to anything. But let me give y'all a, a little bit of tea while we're here. So tea. I have a document that I will ask for unanimous consent to enter into the record. It's a fact sheet on President Trump's shady business dealings with the Chinese government. What, did, what are you entering in? A, a record from who? This is from the Congressional Integrity. Congressional uh, Integrity Project, the dark money pack? I, I object. I object to that too. Of course y'all gonna object, but we gonna talk about it. What? So uh, it says oh. Trump has extensive financial ties to the Chinese government. President Trump collected millions from Chinese government-owned entities while in office. I have the best tenants in the world, President Trump, was well aware of the multi-million dollar lease to Chinese interests. President Trump promised to donate foreign government, government profits while in office, but he donated less than a third of his proceeds from the Chinese government. President Trump maintained three foreign bank accounts while in office, including one in China. President Trump's business with China raised legal and ethical concerns. President Trump, President Xi loves the people of China. He loves his country, and he's doing a very good job. Let me tell you something. I don't want to talk about what y'all want to act like is some big mystery, because we keep sitting here, and Professor Gerhardt, just, just to be clear, as my colleagues have even tried to provide evidence, which they're not the ones to provide evidence, have you ever heard them say if since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long? Yes. Here's the good part. I, um, I've been taking a tally. Oh, okay. Can you um, show us? Can you so tell us what the tally is? More than 35 times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if. Thank you so um, much for that. Because honestly, if they would continue to say if or Hunter and we were playing a drinking game, I would be drunk by now. Because I promise you, they have not talked about the subject of this, which would be the president. But let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today. As I prepared, I said, what is the crime? Because when you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. And 
I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. This looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments, let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsifying business records, conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight counts related to soliciting and I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now but I will tell you what the president has been guilty of he has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward and honestly I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child until they find some evidence we need to get back to the people's work which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States and I will yield. And what you don't get because it's just video, what you don't get is the withering look. The withering look that Jasmine Crockett gives to James Comer when she says, and I will yield. And uh, Emilio said, and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. All that was missing was the finger snaps. Yeah, thanks for sending that clip along, Flavio. Um, Flavio said, see, it's the buildup, the work that went into that marvelous intervention that makes Jasmine's punchline such a wallop. It was good. It was very good. And like I said, uh, they, well, they didn't have near as much fun with it as, as we did yesterday, but uh, my filthy morning habit, they pulled no punches on, uh, on James Comer this morning, the morning zoo crew did. No constitutional basis for this. In fact, it's anathema to you know what the framers had in mind when they envisioned the impeachment lever, um, that glass box being broken to yeah. help in a time of crisis to hold the president accountable if they needed to. And that this is not that. That this is the first time we are trying to Republicans are trying to impeach someone for the crimes of a presidential relative and actions that were taken by a presidential relative before Joe Biden was even in the Oval Office. My Lord. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, uh, it's really uh, incredible. And we've been talking about for some time about how <clears throat> this has been the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They've been promising one thing after another. Nothing's happened. And again, the fact that you would actually get people on that have actually been on Donald Trump's side through most of his presidency, you know, constitutional scholars who say, you got nothing here. You wonder the, the degree of incompetence that would have uh, a chairman of any committee 
calling somebody who, who again, is going to actually undermine your case. Well, here's a history of that chairman saying doesn't really have a whole lot there. Take a look. Have you found anything illegal while he was actually in office? Well, we found a lot that's certainly unethical. We found a lot that should be illegal. There's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything illegally. Well, if you look at the, the laptop and the emails between the president's son and his associates, they went to great lengths to hide Joe's involvement. Hold on a second, Congressman. Did you just say that the whistleblower or the informant is now missing? Well, we, we're hopeful that we can find the informant. Make it easy for us. What was the crime? Well, the crime is uh, trading policy for, for money. Which policy? Well, we're going to get into that. Do you believe Someday. that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation? And do you believe no constitutional basis for this? In fact, it's anathema to, you know, what the framers. Sorry, a glitch. Missing? Well, we, we're hopeful that we can find the informant. Make it easy for us. What was the crime? Well, the crime is uh, trading policy for, for money. Which policy? Well, we're going to get into that. Do you believe that this is now and they will, Margolini. Uh, Biden bribery allegation, and do you believe that you will be able to prove that, Jim Comer? I sure hope so, and I, I do believe that uh, oh, there's a lot of smoke. In one hand, and where there's Comer. smoke, there's fire. I'm telling you, what? I'm telling you, it's better than Green Acres. It really is. You <laughs> no, wait, damn it! Stop it! There's Hold no on! Hold on! This is getting this is getting too much. Dang it. Before I met yesterday in discussing, uh, because I didn't have the audio, but in discussing what Jerry Connolly did with Professor Gerhardt, which was hilarious. It was, it was a scathing, scathing, deliberate humiliation of these, these pathetic maggots before I made that, before I compared Jerry Connolly to Andy Griffith, y'all may even remember this. And and I, and I played the clip from Andy Griffith and Romeo and Juliet just for comparison's sake. But before I did that, I said, you can all just in the cadences of the way it was transcribed. You can almost hear Mr. Haney. Now, Mr. Haney was the character in Green Acres who sold the old Haney place to Mr. and Mrs. Douglas. Now, what's going on here? This is... I'm, like I said yesterday, it's getting a little beautiful mindy around here. Ah. And there's Joe making a Green Acres reference. 
after I made one the night before. Now I don't I don't want I don't want to break into it, but and where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm telling you. What? I'm telling you, it's better than Green Acres. It really is. See? You don't have Arnold the Pig. But there's no Arnold the Pig. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. You know, Mika, it would be funny. Which I also said yesterday. Oh, wait, it's funny. Um, No, no, it's ridiculous. They're making fools of themselves. You don't think the Biden White House is loving watching this? I mean, this is this is just and and they keep doing it. My favorite part is where a certain host goes, wait a second, wait a second. You're telling me your informant has gone missing. Like we're supposed to think that like, no, this guy's covered in Iranian oil. Hugging members of the Chinese Communist Party, Jonathan. Like everything they're doing is just, it's a clown show. Yeah, the Biden White House didn't disappear, the witness. Uh, he's a fugitive overseas. Yeah. I'm sorry, these little, these little quinky dinkies are piling up. And remember, as noted yesterday, that man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells says it every day. There are no coincidences. So, you know, you got the weekend, Joe, Mika, make the best of it. Don't got to go to bed early. Probably not listening now. But thanks for listening. Either that, you know, he and I are about the same age. Maybe we were, I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those weird, I, I can't, no, I, I can't, I can't bear the thought. Mr. Douglas, I can't resist sharing those little moments, though. You got to forgive me. But uh, we uh, are at the well. We passed the top of the hour, and it's time for us to go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree sub that we sublet from the Keebler Elves and gather around our extraordinary ordinary round table. Reminder, if you've never participated in Friday on the Front Porch before, there are two means by which you may so do. Uh, namely, in the one instance, use the button at headon.live, click it, it'll carry you right into the right into the group, and then you can sort out stuff with your microphone and your speakers and whatnot, and should work. And... The other way, if you just can't figure it out at all, is the stress line. 844-843-4676. 844-843-4676. Also known as 844-THE-HORN. T-H-E-H-O-R-N. I, I, I can't... <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Green Acres Research Department, just sent me the opening to Green Acres. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, thanks to some help we got uh, from uh, uh, John in Maryland. We are down to 100 and. 10, or I'm sorry, yeah, no, $185, yeah, 
185. And, and thanks to the uh, matching money in memory of our beloved Scotty. Gone low these more than more than three months now. Thank you. We are at 185 to go to finish out on Larry in Liberalville's magnificent challenge all week long that's going to result, because I have to have faith this is going to happen, it's going to result in us actually being fully funded for the month of September as it draws to a close. So the PayPal button's over at headon.live if you want to use the postal service. Going forward, um, because of some changes, uh, uh, the Hornet, the, the the address, the PMB 318, just make them payable now just to Robin Kincaid, R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-N-C-A-I-D, because we're changing changing bank accounts because of some of the exigencies that we, the sad exigencies that we have talked about in the past. Things are uh, things are okay, right? But in the future, yeah, we'll just R O B Y N K I N C A I D. That said, like I said, 185 bucks, and I will uh, I will mention that through the pro- through the remainder of the program, up until this entire community-made miracle is complete. Thanks, everybody. And thanks again to James, who wiped out last week's uh, last week's deficit so that we've got a fighting chance to do what we're going to be able to do, to do what we're going to do today. That said, I am connected into the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable. Let's go in and uh, see what's going on. Hey, Roger. Uh, hold on. What's going on here? Are you there? My microphone is unmuted. Okay, I can barely hear you. Um, I'm not sure what the problem is. Uh, it's in my cord. Let me just finagle it. Uh, stand by. Okay, try again. Somebody else that's already in the group, do they have me good? Solid? Yeah, can I get another voice? I'm I'm fine here, Roger. Okay. Okay. In here too. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, The uh, the sounds like I'm going out to other people. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. The device was being weird, and I've got a very old cable here that has to be cajoled. Probably should order a new one. But you're good. I have a question. Yeah. I can't make. I can't. from the chat room, uh, contribute. I can't uh, access PayPal. There's no PayPal button or anything anymore. At HeadOn.Live? Yeah. I, I, I see Patreon and your your mail address, but no. No, no, no. That's, no the, that's the contribute tab. The PayPal's on the uh, main page. Just HeadOn.Live. Yeah, but the, it's the, I, I do both. And there's no... There's no uh, PayPal access right there. Well, let me take a peep. For me. 
I'm looking right at it under join the group. PayPal comes up on my machine. Yeah, you just, uh, you, you, yeah, you can't. Uh... Yeah, it's right uh, under, it's uh, right under the live player. It's a yellow button. Uh, that's the button I, I tapped, and it comes up. Donate to head on. Uh, place to put your money in. Make it a monthly. Donate with PayPal, etc. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. It's the um, it's the main page, not the contribute page. And I know this may not matter to some, but uh, but Jeremy's in the group. Um, have you se have you seen the uh, breaking news? There's uh, a guy's been indicted for the murder of Tupac. Uh, I've seen it, but it's 30 years too late, and all the main suspects are dead. Are they really? The guy who did it, they think, died. Well, the fight that happened in the uh, in the MGM. With Orlando and a bunch of gang members. Orlando died a couple weeks later from a gangland shooting. Another guy died in prison, and the guy they think actually shot him died from a gangland shooting too, believe it or not. And uh, the guy who they arrested is the shot caller. Basically, he's like the lieutenant in the gang. He's out now, but uh, they think they think he's what called the hit. Basically, they're saying. So I guess for the family, better than nothing. But it's thirty years too fucking late. If this had been a white dude and a black guy shot him, they would have found him the fucking next morning. Yeah, you're probably right. And because he was, in large part, anti-society, anti-police on black violence, they dragged their feet on this as long as they could. But that's just my piece. We're good. Okay. But I guess the guy who got indicted um, had some hand in it, so something, something, yeah. Well, well, I watched the press conference, and the two sheriffs that were talking, or I guess they were L.A. police officers, I'm not sure, or Las Vegas police officers, were saying that the raid they did in June that made headlines brought evidence to bear to prove to some guy who's testified several times that this guy was the main shot caller. Didn't do it directly. But again, the police said this is another sign of you don't have to be directly tied to the crime to be convicted of something. He said good example is if, if you rob a bank with your friend, your friend goes in, shows a gun, takes the money, he runs out and jumps in your car and you drive away. You still rob that bank. You're directly Yeah, that, that's, so I mean, yeah, that's, that's, and, you know, if somebody, if you're the wheel man and somebody goes in and somebody gets killed, that's the felony murder rule. And that's where they got this guy is basically he called it, man, not directly done it. It's kind of what they... Hopefully, we can get Trump with someday. Something where he didn't directly say it or didn't directly do it, but guess what? He's no part of it, like they're doing right now. So we'll see. But for the family, it's better late than never, I guess. Even though there's not many left. The mom's dead. Uh, I think he's got a couple kids left, and one of his uncles is in jail, but been there for years, and I don't know. <clears throat> well, yeah, and uh, just. Another thing, another sign of the uh, further deterioration of Nitwit Nero. He's down to pleading. He's begging. Uh, he uh, last night, Thursday, 
he couldn't resist commenting on the uh, the pageant out at the Reagan Library. There's going to be another one in November. It'll be in Miami. He can he can well depending on where he is. He could drive to that one in his golf cart. Uh, but he's uh, he, he said stop with he's but begging begging pleading with Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Stop with the bad debates and negative ads. And then he went on, yeah, just the second Republican primary debate on Fox News had the lowest viewership since 2016. Their overall ratings are down 30%. Fox needs MAGA. They just don't know it yet. Stop with the bad debates and negative ads. No more. Get your act together before it's too late. Sad DJT. And, uh, so useless. Well, yeah, he but but he also wants the entire primary to be ended. I don't know how you do that, really. Does he, is that just he? Uh, and and then one of his <clears throat> advisors. Is that, an, is that is that the word, word you're using for unindicted co-conspirator now? Uh, no. Uh, Chris La Civita said, The RNC should immediately put an end to any further primary debates so we can train our fire on crooked Joe Biden and quit wasting time and money that could be going to evicting Biden from the White House. Yeah. Mango Mussolini. We've been well, right. Trump's we've been behavior, right here for years. Well, Trump's behavior is starting to uh, cause me a little concern, and I equate it to a. Uh, sometimes it happens in public school, but more likely in private schools, where there's a kid whose parents are high mucky mucks, who gets away with bullying for years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden comes up against somebody who says, cut the bullshit, you need to behave. And it kind of manifests itself in many ways in one or two ways. Either the the kid straightens up and flies right, or they go to their daddy's closet and grab out the six-shooter and go and start blowing people away. And I see Trump as that bully who has finally met up with Letitia James and Bonnie Willis and a few other people. And he is becoming outraged and he is uh, acting out. And in his case, since he is already... uh, called for the assassination of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, the chief of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he's uh, claimed all kinds of problems with judges and juries and threatened witnesses and all kinds of other stuff. I think it's time that he, well, I think his ultimate would be to, to flee the scene eventually. Is it not time to actually put the hammer down and provide him with housing 
until these trials are over and remove him from the ability to continue these acting out violent, uh, uh, aggressive actions toward the people who are attempting to rein him in from his acknowledged corrupt actions, which the judge in New York, I mean, he's already been found guilty of rape, civilly, I agree, not criminally. And now he's been found guilty of fraud. I agree, civilly, not criminally. Um, is it not time to find him guilty of intimidating witnesses and inciting violence? You still have, to, I, you still have to prove that by trial. No. Those are crimes. No, no. Uh, wait a minute. If you are out on bond, bail, etc., you are given conditions. And a summary judgment of violating those conditions can incarcerate you pending adjudication of the case. Summary judgment is a uh, is a creature of civil law, not criminal. That's what just happened in Letitia James's fraud suit. Judge Angoran said there are no material fa- there are no material issues of factor law, and I can just rule now. That's summary Correct. judgment. It's Rule 56, I think, of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. But I'm uh, also in a, bringing in a, up the, in a, in a, the in a, intimidation in a, of witnesses. Intimidation of witnesses is a crime. And you do not need to be found guilty of the crime to be incarcerated prior to the trial. He would not be, he would not be incarcerated for intimidation of witnesses. Again, that is a crime that requires proof beyond a reasonable doubt. What you're asking for is that he be incarcerated pending trial based on a, a, a bond revocation. You will always get me over the, the technicalities of the law, and, and that's fine because I'm not a trained attorney. No, no, no. It's, <clears throat> it's, really, it's really not a technicality. It's a, it's a, it's a, matter, it's a matter of... Constitutional and, statu- and, 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 and statutory uh, requirements, and even revoking his bond does not mean that he goes to jail. He could have the bond revoked, have to pay money, and then be put under another bond. That's why. That's 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 why you know with the uh, with the arraignments that you know I, I I asked repeatedly, what is the bond amount? Because if he is merely out on his own personal recognizance, it makes it a mess. And there's still a standard and there is still a standard of proof involved. That means the judge would have to find either by preponderance of the evidence or clear and convincing evidence, or maybe even beyond a reasonable doubt, that he engaged in the conduct alleged. Now, you and I think that would be easy to do. But as I was talking about yesterday, all of these judges, and and the prosecutors too, they do not want flawed prosecutions and they do not want flawed judgments because they want, if there is a guilty verdict, they want it to stand. And so you give him enough rope to hang himself with. Because all of these things that he's saying pre-trial fall under 
uh, well, kind of the Fifth Amendment. You have the right to remain silent. You do not have the obligation to remain silent, but anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. I mean, that's that's the standard Miranda language. But when you advocate for the execution of the Joint Chiefs of Staff... Which he did not do. An ex-Chief of Staff? No. Then what about the comment where he was considered, where he considered that what, I think it was Miley? Millie. What he did, Millie. In another... What he did was treasonous and he should be executed. No, he did not say that. He knows how to game the system. He said in another time he would have been executed. I mean, if, if, and if it turned out to be stochastic terrorism and one of his mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing uh, maggot freaks with all the guns went out and did something horrible... And they tried to say that Nitwit Nero started it or encouraged it. He'd say, I never did any such thing. I said, that's how it used to be. I didn't say that's how it is, and I didn't say that's what I wanted to happen. It's all technically true. If I say, for instance, and uh, Roger, you understand there's nothing personal in this. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, Roger, I'm going to beat your ass. Even if that puts you in fear of receiving an immediate uh, a, a, a bodily, uh, immediate, unconsented to touching of an insulting or provoking nature, the definition of assault, it's not going to stand because it is speculative and, <coughs> and, and prospective. It is at some future date uncertain. Gesundheit. You see, do you see the distinction? Yeah, but I'm not happy with it, but that's just me. It's about the only way it can work. Uh, it's like these people that are advocating try and uh, get Fox taken off the air because they're a seditious uh, news organization. And if anybody starts being the arbitrator of what's allowed and what isn't allowed in our media, uh, it becomes problematic with a shift on who's to make the decision. So, yeah, I see I, I see the problems. But that this man, to my mind, is just he's a train wreck. Already happened. He is and has been a menace to the Constitution of the United States. And and when you ask for give him enough rope to hang himself, do we need five feet of rope, 50 feet of rope, 500 feet of rope, 5,000 feet of rope? Well, I I mean, you're working with how much rope? You're working within the metaphor. But what what that what that ultimately means is you wait for him to screw up in real time and call for something that isn't speculative or prospective. There's a big, di- there's a big difference between in another time he would have been executed. And by the way, that other time did not exist in the United States of America. 
just for the sake of accuracy. There's a difference between that and somebody needs to go out and execute him now. That's actionable. So I've got a question, Robin, if you don't mind, if we change the subject for a minute. Uh, who is this, Ben? Yeah. Okay. Have you guys heard about this thing about uh, supposedly Biden is trying to switch us to a digital currency and by November 1st, if we got the American dollar in our bank account, it ain't going to be no good anymore? Oh, my God. What kind of media do you – I love you, Ben, but what kind of media do you con, uh, consume? I actually seen this this morning on my local news. That's insane. I mean, was that like a Sinclair station or something? No, it was local CBS affiliate. No, we are not going to be changed over to a digital currency. <laughs> no, Jesus. I'm about to say, because if, if something like that happened, uh-uh. I wouldn't see it working in this country. That little piece of BS has been floating around since Obama was president. <laughs> Wow, has it, Roger? I, did, I must have missed that one. That must have been the night that uh, we found out that uh, 27% of Americans weren't sure if Barack Obama was a demon. Sometimes sometimes oh, for, I get diverted. Well, for fuck's sakes, Alex Jones has been talking about this for years. A little bit I've heard him here talking about digital conspiracy and, you know, Burger Growth Group and, you know, billionaires and this and that. It's all fucking right-wing bullshit. Don't listen to any of this shit, man. I don't care who it comes from. This is fucking crap. Well, Robin, your problem is, Robin, your problem is that you don't have an ex-tea partier who has become magnet that loves to post shit on Facebook to that's, see if they that's, that's elicit a response from that communist who used to live in Humboldt County who moved to Oregon. Ah, Bach. It's highly significant. That's true. No, I, 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 it's like one of our British car club members who's got his pants in a wad now. now. I get a feedback. I did too. Okay, there it disappeared. Anyhow, he's got his pants in a wad now because the California Air Resources Board is now attempting to identify and quantify the amount of evaporative uh, fuel problems that are coming from um, antiques and hot rods and that kind of thing. And he is absolutely convinced that California is going to ban the ownership of any car older than 1978. <coughs> Damn. Hello? That is a Daily Caller article. Oh, dear, yes. Hello? Hello! Yeah. Hey, Steve. Oh, I didn't know if I could, anyone could hear me because I was having problems with my um, microphone. I, I, don't, I was going to say um, 95% of our money is already digital. Sorry. It is. Well, there's what's, what's, digital... called the, what's called the M12 which is the most um, inclusive um, mo uh, count of dollars in circulation, at least 95% of it is digital. 
Yeah, but it's not digital like in Bitcoin. I, I only took it – I didn't take it to mean that. I took it to mean that there will be no more paper money. Yeah, you can still make – you can still get paper money for that digital money that you have. Yeah. Well, no, you couldn't get – what, what what Ben was saying, which, again, I think is batshit crazy. Not Ben. Be, not Ben, but what Ben I, – I, That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying the story was. Um, it would just say that you, you know – we're not using dollar bills anymore. And again, I got news for you. Probably 99% of monetary money transactions in the U.S. are not are only digital. Yeah, I mean, I guess, it's, it's, a, it's a digital transaction. If you've got a credit or debit card that's tied to your Amazon account and, you know, you, you want, uh, I don't know, uh, you, want a, you want a case of uh, bottles of uh, Dreamland barbecue sauce from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Brought to you by Carl's Jr. No, Unpaid product placement, courtesy of the Horn. <laughs> but, right, and I get, I get what you're saying. There's no way. No, that, but this is Mark of the Beast shit. That's really what this comes down to. That's this. Well, that's yeah, that. it's the fact that this is going to happen on November the first. You know, the day after Halloween. But yeah, but the the other the other thing that. This shows, and we started paying attention to this back during the reign of error. Local television news stations are, by and large, really, really lazy. And so what they'll get is they'll get these, never mind the digital currency, they'll get these digital files, and they'll run them as hard news pieces... And nobody ever has to do any work. And it, 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 it fills up time within the broadcast, and we'll be back with Bill in the Weather Center. And the other side of it is the actual locally owned local market TV stations are a thing of the past. Uh, they've all been consolidated. Even your radio stations are consolidated. Thank you, Bill Clinton. Yeah, well, thank you, Telecommunications Act of 1996. Shame. Sinclair Broadcasting has uh, sucked up TV stations all over the country. <clears throat> and out here on the West Coast, we have an outfit called Bicoastal Media, who has sucked up radio stations <coughs> all over the place. <coughs> If you're not talking, can you please mute? Sorry to be a dick. No, that's that's good practice. How about a little gear shift? Let's assume that Ted Cruz or one of his uh, Freedom Caucus members uh, submits that uh, vacate the chair. Oh, uh, hold on. Raffaelito's in the Senate. You're talking about the freedom carcass in the House? Yeah, sorry, no got worries. my idiots mixed up. Anyhow, let's say it gets filed. I'm assuming it has to be voted on. Um, do the Democrats get to vote in this, or is it strictly a Republican caucus? What, what's the procedure on it? Uh, the vote. Well, the vote for the Speaker, and and that's why the other day when asked the question about the motion to vacate. 
uh, Craven McCarthy said, well, I don't count that vote. I guess, you know, the, the vote is counted by the clerk of the House. So I suppose if the Democrats are allowed to vote, and since the speakership is a body vote, uh, I would I would guess that Hakeem Jeffries would say, y'all, we're abstaining. Or else, well, if it is an open vote, put Hakeem up again. That well, could get messy well, in a hurry. What I'm getting at here is when this very thing first got started, the House could transact no business whatsoever until they had a speaker. And so my question becomes, what is exactly what has to happen to make the House not have a speaker? If a lot of Republicans vote in favor of keeping him, the Freedom Caucus votes to out him, out oust him, and the Democrats abstain, if he does not get a majority vote, is he then removed from the speakership? And if he's removed from the speakership, and at one minute after midnight, it's either tonight or tomorrow night, the country is in default, and the House can do nothing until they get a new speaker, how are they going to come up with a new speaker unless enough Republicans cross the aisle and vote for Hakeem Jeffries to assume the speakership? Because you know the, de- the Democrats are not going to support a Republican. No, to they're going to they're going to let him hang himself in his own petard. But the thing is, there is. And maybe I'm misunderstanding this. There's, this this stuff gets really Byzantine really quickly. A motion to vacate the chair is not an election for a new speaker. It just says you got to go. The and if, finding and of if the, the new spe- the finding of the new speaker is entirely a matter separate. Okay. Well, what I'm getting at is. If the motion to vacate is brought up and the Democrats agree to the motion and the Freedom Caucus, of course, votes to vacate the chair, then the chair is vacated. Is the House then unable to transact any business whatsoever until they have a new speaker as they were when the uh, House formed on January 20th, 21st, 22nd, whatever date that was back in January, where it took him 15 uh, ballots to pick McCarthy. And if that's the case, it would seem that Hakeem Jeffries could get his 215 votes forever and ever and ever. And those five or ten Freedom Caucus people could paralyze the House. Yes, that's the goal. Forever. Burn everything down. Okay. 
So when they, the chair is vacated for however that works, then the Democrats put up Hakeem Jeffries, continues to get 215 votes. How long does it take to pick up one or two Republicans to say, hey, we've got to stop this shit, and I'm willing to sacrifice my seat just like uh, Liz Cheney did and uh, the other fellow's name uh, with the impeachment, and for the good of the country, create a speakership to where the House can at least function to open the, the government again. I have a suggestion. Okay. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. So the uh, Biden district Republican House members that got elected 2022, you think any of them might flip over to the Democrats? Help out? They, they, keep, they keep making noises, but when the rubber hits the road, no. Why not? Yeah, Don, not Don, Don, Don Bacon keeps threatening to do it, but Don Bacon is one and you need five. Right, you need five. And there were four in California too, correct? Biden district uh, Republicans? Yeah, I think so, and, and, and maybe, in, maybe in New York. And maybe other places as well. I mean, look, I don't know. I, I'm Someone's got to make sense, but we're, you know, what's, we're asking people to make sense and look what we got to work with here. You know, it's like a, a clown show. So yeah, Kevin, that's not the universe we live in. Happy Friday. Everybody. Hey, what's going on? Happy Friday. Yeah. Hey, is the porn there in New York, Steve? How you doing there? You know, my area wasn't terrible. Some of these, although they did get over eight inches today at JFK airport, which is only about. Uh, maybe two or three, four miles from me. Um, I just got the delivery mail. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. I, I I've out. seen, oh. I mean, I've seen, there was one where all bus stops have like a little bench you can sit on. That bench, that, but that bench is probably 18 inches high. There's a photo yeah. of, 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 of several people waiting at the bus stop standing on top of the bench and the water is about two yeah. inches from the top. One of my customers, I, I dropped the mail off and he goes, Hey, he goes, good thing you're not in New York. Those are freaking drowning over there. And so that's why I'm asking you, but because it's been, I, I just got done and, and it just was not stopped pouring all day. I went through uh, two, several pieces of rain gear, two mail, two different mailbags. My feet are soaked. I got, luckily I got my uh, seat warmer on. I'm driving home. <laughs> I just put a photo in the got chat. We, we got a photo in the chat. Good lord! Yeah. Well, I did. I read oh, that. I read that one of the subways was flooded. Welcome to climate change, y'all. Uh, yeah, right. Like, Damn. Did you look at the the photo in the chat. That was Holy shit. That's Brooklyn. Wow. Well, let me come back real quick. I, I, I did. You know, I, I asked Mr. I asked Mr. Google, and got somewhat of an answer. And it makes sense, so maybe it's even right. Um, and all of this comes with the caveat of, of it depends on the rules of the House. Remember during the, the weaker speaker, you know, 15-round debacle, uh, they changed the rules so that uh, one person could move to vacate. The previous rule 
had been uh, that it took it, you know it, it took a group of people. So Matt Gates says he's going to file it. Now, here's uh, once the motion is proposed, the House votes on the resolution. Period. It requires a majority of the voters, those voting in the House, and yes, that includes Democrats, to vote in favor of the resolution. Matt Gates is not going to get that. You know, he'll he'll get he'll get the hard cases and the dead enders. He'll he'll get he'll get the mouth breathers and the knuckle walkers. I don't he, think he'll get Marjorie though. No, he won't get Marge. Is that is that the votes of those present or all of them? Yes, present. Present, yeah. So those having a baby and stuff like that, yeah, they don't count. You or you know, them. let's say you were you were dead drunk on a ladder clearing out your gutters. <laughs> and your back gates trafficking little girls across state lines. Or you know, you had to stay off the damn bicycle as Ke- bicycles as Kevin McCarthy told them. So physically, like you dated someone who never yeah. dated. But an abstain would be a present vote. No, present is a present vote. Abstaining is not voting at all. It's not voting at all. Jeremy, I missed what you said. So would abstentions count in the total in any way? No, they're abstentions. I I abstain. No, you didn't didn't vote. If it gets called, I abstain, that doesn't count. You didn't vote. So it would only take... A majority of those voting. It would have to be a majority of those voting. Okay. A majority of members voting in favor of the resolution. So let's say the the Republicans have 220 votes. I'm picking some numbers here that may not be right, but they're easy for the calculations. And 210 Oppose the motion. The motion then fails. Yes. Correct? Yes. What will be fun, though, is the floor debate. And you have to be there. You can't be busy uh, shucking the corn cob at the Beetlejuice Theater. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Shucking the corn cob. <laughs> oh, one, Christopher, Chris. we've missed one, you. Chris. That's a good one. <laughs> you haven't been around the front porch in a while, and and and, and, and you know. And, no, no, I've had a hiatus. I had a really long vacation in Chicago. I got to see. I went zero for four. White Sox, they lost. Two Cubs games back to back. They lost, and then let's not even go about the Bears Packers game. No, nah, no, we, we won't. We won't. We won't. We'll just, 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 just let me just let me live vicariously. Tell me, <laughs> tell me you had, tell me you had a humongous uh, uh, corned beef sandwich. Tell me you had a Chicago dog and a, and 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 an Italian hot beef wet. Just tell me. Lie to me if necessary. I immediately went. Uh, did not pass go, did not pay $200, went straight to Portillo's after I got my rental car. Good so man. that was the, that, that's the beef combo with the dipped, uh, wet, like you said, with the 
hot and sweet peppers. Yes. So that was, and then my, I grew up on a pizza called Rosati's. Oh Jesus! Is that one of the? Now hold, now hold on! I didn't I didn't ask no, you no, to no. nauseate. That's not one no, of those casseroles, is thin. it? It's not a Giordano's. No, it's tavern thin. Okay. The thing about Chicago, it has to be cut into squares. Yeah. Not yeah. triangles or pie shaped. It has to be squares. As long as it's no, not one of those Chicago. casseroles, I'm good. No, that you know, we were getting dinner after the game. And my, my cousin had a friend in from Cleveland, and he was all excited about getting one of those pies you're talking about, Rodman. And me and my cousin said, I'm out. I hate that shit. I'm not going to eat it. It's sloppy. Like, well, it's gloppy. It's goopy. And I'm going to get hate mail. But yeah, I, there. I, you're not wrong. I ate it, but it's just too much. There, There's Lou Malnati's, which has a corn bread crust but it's just too much it's too dense i don't want all that i want my i want to taste my toppings with the pizza and it's just not not easy to do with giordano's which is a massive amount of dough and cheese too and then just a little bit of sauce and toppings ever so slight yeah surprised you didn't bring up the chiefs bears game Oh, God, that was even worse, Messicure. But it always hurts worse with the Packers. I mean, if anybody else kicks sure. our ass, eh, we'll pick ourselves up off the mat and go well, you know, again next week. But the Packers is a special, special uh, ass whooping. And I feels still awful. say last Sunday, Travis Kelsey played as good as he did because he was showboating for Taylor Swift. Oh, no shit. And, and we started a drinking game. I was at the Bears bar. And we had to take a shot every time t- they showed Taylor Swift on the on the TV. Yeah, she's she's gonna be at the game again again this Sunday night. Oh, we'll really do it again. We'll play the game again. I can't how drive. Many shots, Chris? Chris, how many shots? Oh shit, I can't remember. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, we go up against Denver, so it's toilet bowl one. Denver, as you know, got their asses kicked by uh, Scary Jerry's team. Yeah, seventy set. fucking points. Yeah, <laughs> and and coach refused to kick the field goal at the end to keep from breaking the record for most points scored. You know that could back call, come back to haunt because in the final playoff picture, that is a tiebreaker, total points scored. So it, running up the score, I mean, there's a reason for it. That reminds me of a Woody Hayes story. Oh, no. You might know where this is going, Robin. I don't remember who it was. He was he, They were way ahead against somebody, and they scored a touchdown, and he went for two. And the reporter asked him, he says, why'd you go for two? His response was, because I couldn't go for three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like Woody Hayes. God, I always remember that skit with John Belushi and Gilda Radner. Where John Belushi was playing Woody Hayes, wound up st- strangling Gilder. <laughs> so, um, so, what do you guys think? The what do you guys think about the way that the MLB postseason is looking? A lot and girl, gonna, I think it's going to be Astros and the Cubs this year in the World Series. Ah, the Cubs are the Cubs are out. The Cubs are, are on the outside out? looking in. Okay. Well, they're no, they're not out out, but they were firmly in. 
when I went to Chicago. Oh, wait, is, wait, wait, well, hold on, hold on. That's the billable Rick syndrome. It's you, yes. Christopher. Yes, I went to those two games, and they've been shit ever since. Ah, oh, it's tough. They're out of the playoff picture as of right now. They're only a half game out, but they are in the downward slide. They had to play Atlanta. They, I don't think they got a good, easy road to go in the last one. Well, There's only a week left. All right, we're going back to food porn for a second. Uh, Andy okay. the Angry Jew says, my Grubhub order in route. It always hurts, LOL. Al's Italian Beef, your order from original Ferrara Bakery is ready for pickup. Well, hmm. let's just point out. Well, let's let's go let's go back for a minute to the possibility of Republicans who might actually give a damn about the United States of America. Uh, I mentioned Don yes. Bacon out in Nebraska. Darlene in Connecticut says there's also Representative Lewis, Republican from New York, who's saying he'll work with House Democrats to stop this insanity as his district is purple. So that's two. This sounds like four, this sounds right? like something out of the book of Genesis. We got two, God. <laughs> nope, sorry. <clears throat> but isn't all this moot if the if the government shut down? No. I mean, it, it, the the Congress can keep working. Staff doesn't get paid. Staff get, get uh, but but the thing is What about is, you, Kevin? What's up? Oh no, I'm quasi quasi government. We uh, oh. we get paid by the post post postage pays for everything. No, oh, you ever, that you ever asshole signs your checks. That yeah, like I sign your check. No, you don't, bro. It's it's all postage. Okay. Yep. That's well, that's good. All the expenses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 good. I'm I'm okay there. But it still sucks though for everybody else. Well, yeah, and, and remember, and remember what the the Democrat from Minnesota—I can't remember her name—she uh, introduced the the McCarthy shutdown act that said that, and it's not going to pass, of course, but the point was not lost. Um, she proposed a law that says if Cong if, if the government shuts down, Congress don't get paid either. Because see, that's the thing—they get paid. It's unbelievable. That, that needs to change. Is it unbelievable? Well, no, no you're right. Not. It is believable. <laughs> but that it needs might. to fucking change. If, if they shut down the government, there should be penalties attached straight to them. Your health care is frozen. Like, you can't go to the doctor. And all that, all your benefits are cut or frozen in place, suspended. And no paycheck for your fucking ass. You're a federal employee. Why the hell are they going to... I mean, let's let's be let's be clear. One of the things that's going to phase out is the WIC program. Okay, that is the marker of these vandals, vultures, vultures. The WIC program is women and infant children, and it provides food assistance for pregnant and nursing mothers and their you really babies. Really want to do that, huh? Yeah, the pro-life party wants to do that. If there was ever, yeah. if there was ever proof that they're nothing but forced birth fascists, that they're nothing but fetus fetishists, this by God is it. Yeah, a, a little infant um, suckling on on 
the mother's teeth. That's no, that's no longer a fetus. Right. Uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a critter that Republicans no longer care about. Okay, back to a, a, I've been uh, I've been I've been digging a little bit more on vote, motions to vacate. Under the rule adopted in order to get Kevers McCarthy his speakership, where before it took a group of people to submit a, a motion to vacate, it now takes only one, and it is deemed a privileged resolution. And it's that term, privileged resolution, that is the real poison pill. Because the privileged resolution, by virtue of being privileged, takes precedence over every single thing going on in the House at that moment. And gets dealt with first. Two hundred and eighteen members would be required to pass it. So, yeah, that. So, at least by the way that's written, the minute that Matt Gates offers his motion, while they can play procedural games to slow it down. The shutdown takes sec- takes takes uh, takes a back seat. Any attempt to this avert has- it, any attempt to make an agreement, at least legislatively, this- takes a back seat to Matt Gates. God, got Trump's filthy hints all over this. I'm telling you, Trump's oh, of course. Filthy- well, sure this it does, but here, but here's him. the thing: he's an idiot, and and I don't want to put too fine a point on it. But you know, he said outright, if you shut down the government, it'll stop the prosecution of me. He's wrong. The courts of the United you States know, federal system will be in business on Monday. They will be open. Cases will be processed. Cases will be heard. There will be arraignments, motions, what have you, including his, and it's damn sure not going to slow down Fulton County, Georgia, or New York I, City, or or or, or I, the state of New York. But then that's why I keep saying he's gone. He's plaid blanket on the lap in a wheelchair, dribbling oatmeal. But I think that there's also an, an ulterior motive to it, though, and I think that ulterior motive is, cr- is wrecking the economy on Biden's watch. Yes, you know? Chad. And, and sure. The American people. Are going to have to see right through that, though. I mean, it's you would hope, obvious. John, but we live we live in America. That's the problem, John. Well, in America. Well, last time they did, well, not last time, the first time they did it, when Newt Gingrich did it, and put uh, up there, they paid a price. All right, they they lost uh, the next time around. You know, when yeah, that's still true. Office, and Gingrich mm-hmm. was. And Gingrich was his ass. And the American people are smart enough to know because, you know, this shutdown thing's been going on for since 1996. Uh, he was so playing this are, fucking game. Yeah. 
going on 30 years here now, and, you know, everybody's been used to it. It's been happening. It's happened already before. And it's always the Republicans. They, they always think that the next time, it's like Lucy with the football, you know, the next time, <laughs> the next shutdown we do, it's gonna, we're not going to pay a price. Well, they're going to pay a price. I'm sorry. And wishful thinking on my part here, you know, yeah. Biden being the, uh, the, the uh, congressional guy that he is and all, don't think that I know that he's working extra hard right now to try to, you know, keep this thing going. He's probably all those Biden districts right there. I'll bet you he's on the horn with these guys or women or whatever. So like, hey, you know, let's let's not make this. Let's not do this. You know, what what, what do you want? What, what can I do for you? You know, down the road, like, you know, you know, backhand stuff. You don't know. I mean, he could. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if they can avert this and uh, he's got a hand in making it happen, boy, uh, you know, that's just that's just going to help that much more. I mean, I don't know. I'm glad Biden's at the helm and not uh, somebody else right now, because I'm just thinking I, I, I just think he's, he's got a lot of. Uh, I mean, he could. He's got a lot of experience and uh, he's been he's been through this like a million times before. So anyway, I'll, there's my piece. Uh, it all makes sense, Kevin. Uh, and you got to so. hope you got to hope the people in those swing districts that somehow voted a Republican in, and it, I know it had issues with the way the district maps were drawn in California and New York. Uh, you hope that they come to their senses in next year. I, I hope so. That was so frustrating. We never should have lost those oh, districts. In so much. We should never have lost the House in 2020. I know we didn't lose it by California much, and New York, it. right? You know, what the frick? with these people thinking when they voted ah. Republican. I'm sorry. I'm blaming the voters here. I mean, what yeah. the fuck? You, you yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, beat, I've been beating that drum for a little while now. It's about time that we start, yeah. that, that, that we, it, and it, because it's a legit, Robin, it's a legitimate inquiry. And so instead of saying Matt Gates, we say, those people who pick their teeth with their toenail clippings in Panama City, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the Redneck Riviera. I mean, the, the Pensacola NAS is just over there. That's a shit ton of people who, for Matt Gates's ego, are not going to get a goddamn paycheck. Whether it's a day, a week, or a yeah. month. And those people that live in Marjorie's district, right? And generally speaking, military people pretty much live paycheck to paycheck. Right. I saw, um, and I I thought of Darlene this morning because they were uh, interviewing Jim Himes from Connecticut. And they also brought on, this was uh, during the Anna Cabrera portion, and it was kind of painful to watch. It was, it was, I don't know, it was like the love connection or something, and she was Chuck Woolery. Uh, But she had on this guy who runs a a network of food pantries in Connecticut, and Jim Himes, and and she's like, and what do you want to say to Jim? And and Jim Himes is not the problem, so dude is like, thanks for all you've been doing for us, man. We we love you. I wish you could get, I wish you could talk some sense into the people across the aisle, and Jim Himes is like, yeah, me too. 
but he what he said is, you know, we've got, and this just blew my mind, uh, here in Connecticut, we've got the United States Coast Guard Academy. I mean, I, that didn't blow my mind. I know, I know that. But he said, we're probably going to have to set up food pantries there. Wow. Food pantries at the United States Coast Guard Academy. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The cadets living on the campus of the Coast Guard Academy uh, do not go downtown to eat. They've got food on base. So even if they're not getting paid, uh, they're still going to eat and they're still going to be able to send their clothes to the laundry and that kind of crap. Staffers. The people that, the people that are hurting in the military are those that are living off base with families, which is your career people, your normal four-year, two-year, three-year enlistment people. Uh, are living on bases and, and don't have a problem. It's the petty officers and, and above that are going to be hurting, plus officers already in the field, because they do not get a government ration. They get money, they go buy their food, and they bring it aboard the ship or bring it to the base or whatever where they are living. But your lowly enlisted personnel are not the ones that are going to be bit. It's the upper level enlisted. Right, but for logistic for logistic core. purposes, it makes sense to set it up at the facility or nearest nearest the location, centralize it, because they come to work there every day. You know, this is professors, uh, maintenance people, janitors. Yeah, those folks are going to going to get bit. But the actual cadets aren't going to get bit. Hey, you guys, speaking of the military, do, do we have an update on the latest bullshit game Tommy Tuberhead is playing? What's the latest on that? Are they slowly, slow walking um, military uh, military folks and commendations and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Chuck Schumer jammed through the very top people. Okay. So the Marine, the Marine Corps now is commandant and, and that kind of stuff. But he only got like three, maybe four approved through the Senate, and the rest of the 300 that Tuberville is holding up are still held up. Is he going to be held to account for this shit? Probably not. No. Because Alabama, right? Yeah. Right. Your home state, rather. Well, this okay, is let's, home. Let's, but... Yeah, and, and no, Let's he won't be holding to account because, you know, he's smarter than a general. He was a football coach. But let's step <laughs> back here just a little bit. How come, uh, I mean, we know that the shenanigans going on in the House right now are at the request of Donald J. Trump because mm -hmm. of what he wants done. Why is there not a conspiracy charge uh, being promulgated, investigated, created? Uh, on a conspiracy to obstruct government uh, over this bullshit of the uh, of the debt number, because what he's doing is not illegal. Is not a conspiracy to obstruct Congress illegal? No, no, he's not obstructing. They're the ones who have the votes. 
But weren't some of the January people convicted of obstructing Congress? I would never want that to be the case. That would be ridiculous. That's like if people were saying, you know what, this military budget's too goddamn high. You need to shut. You need to make sure that it doesn't get passed because there's too, we're spending too much money on death and destruction. Do what you have to do to make sure it doesn't get passed. All I'm saying is, is the you know what, when you when you start saying your political view, you want somebody else to be prosecuted for their political view. Just be careful. That that those fingers will point back to you at some point. What's the obstructing? Well, they're, true. They're I, saying I, they're not going to vote. But there there is something, Steve, that's been on my mind since we've had so many conversations, and not just us nationally. This is going to be about Rome, is it? <laughs> Are you thinking about the Roman Empire right now? Asshole. Everybody is. <laughs> oh, better than a whole ass. Oh, Jesus, you people. Should have listened. You to, people. I, I should have listened. I, I should have listened to Mother and become a, a, a piano player in a whorehouse. Um, give Steve a cowbell. That was no. I don't want a cow. No, I don't think that should be a cowbell. No, but there, is this about Rome? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a slightly muted cowbell. Uh, no, we we the, the country's having conversations about whether. The Fourteenth Amendment is, language about insurrectionists and not being on the ballot is self-executing. Well, there's another similar phrase within the Fourteenth Amendment that says the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. And it doesn't say the validity of the public debt in regard to the recent unpleasantness. It says the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. Because the Civil War was really how the federal government learned to live with, learned how how amazing debt could be, and it's got the same kind of um, imperative quality, or perhaps vocative quality. I don't know. Oh, that may be Latin. That might be Rome. Um, but but a government shutdown has the effect of being a, que- a questioning of the public debt. That's a good point. I don't agree. No? Surprise, surprise. The shutdown is money going forward. The debt limit was money going backwards. There is no debt about that. We haven't, there's no money going f- there is no debt incurred for what is about to come. Uh, well, but all the furloughed people, we, the people, the, the federal government, owes those people paychecks once but that's, the shutdown's done. But that's not – that's just owing people money. That, that doesn't mean that it's – what what Robin is saying is the debt – that's not, you know, it would be very difficult to say that money is paid with debt and that money, are, those expenses are paid with debt. Those expenses over there are not. Mm. The bottom line is what Robert, or as I understand it, that, that particular clause says for money that we've already spent and debt we've incurred to spend it, that's valid, period. You don't question whether or not that's valid. It is, period. 
in a discussion. You don't question it. And I will, I will, and I, I, I have to confess part of my consternation slash whatever the word is. I'm so damn tired. My, my, my vocabulary is not the best. I am so, I am very loath to always look to some sort of legal theory to do something rather than, um, which, which ultimately means resorting to unelected. Yes, that sounds Republican and I don't really care at this point. We're asking people who aren't elected to remedy at this point. Pull us out of the like, fire. Right, but, we're, yeah. but, but we still find ourselves necessary to ask those questions because, for instance, you oh, know, yeah, we've got an impeachment inquiry going on. Uh, if you recall, the first impeachment, not inquiry, but the first impeachment of Nitwit Nero, the, the constitutional language is, <laughs> tre- bless you. Treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, there was actually a bribery case brought against Nitwit Nero relative to the Ukraine. To Ukraine, no, no definite article there. But now in this inquiry, as Jasmine Crockett pointed out, where's the high crime and m- or misdemeanor? Bueller? Where's the anything? Yeah, I mean, there's no there there. We know we know that, but you talk to his son every every on t- the phone. every time there has been an impeachment or talk of it, we come back to that question: What did they mean? And we've talked about it on this program. That is a legal term of art from the late 18th century that has a specific meaning, but it gets redebated every time. But this is also straight from Nitwit Nero, correct? This horse shit. Well, it is and it isn't it because one of the th- one of the things that happened was those those tips that they keep on. Oh, this is evidence. Were investigated not by and and uh, what was his name? Jason Smith, chairman of Ways and Means, just got so thoroughly humiliated uh, yesterday. We have the evidence. Well, um, sir. Um, the president of the United States in 2017 was Donald Trump. I got the attorney general was William Barr. They're the I ones who new, said there was nothing there. I got a new nickname for him, guys. Oh, what is it? I want to know. Pumpkin tips, Dicky do. <laughs> a cowbell for that. <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 I'm still like, why, uh, what's taking this trial so long? Is he delaying it as much as he can? Which trial? He wants to, everything to explode. Wait, which trial? Explode. The one yeah. in Georgia. It's not a trial. Oh. It's just where I haven't even gotten to a trial yet. It's just the way things, that's the way it goes. See there, see? There's one of those instances. It, it that's just that's just the way the system yeah, works. They, they take they take time. <laughs> Under the be, 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 yeah, because we've got this crazy notion of. I caught that. You know, Merrick Garland has nothing to do with what's going on. I know, I know, but you know. But we have you these know, cra- right? we have these crazy notions of due process. Yeah. 
and equal protection. And that means that we don't just have a court of star chamber and come in and say, well, he's definitely a boogerhead. And everybody says, huzzah! And they go out and lop <laughs> off his noggin. Because, right. you know, because our merry oldie English forefathers tried that and just didn't work. It was, it, it was short-term fun, but long-term, it, uh, it caused other people to lose their heads. Didn't they, so did they eventually could, cut the head off Oliver Cromwell? I can't remember. So what you're yes. saying is... We, I think so. Yes. So now, was he the one where they actually... Who was the one where they they dug up his body? No, that was... Who was the one they dug up his body? That was body? a pope. Uh, okay, they dug up his body and cut his head off? Yeah. Put him on, so, uh, on trial before the College of Cardinals, chopped his body into, into chunks found him to be a heretic, and threw him in the Tiber. So you're saying then that Trump could have this delayed till the next year's election, and then if he's elected, he no. could have a campaign. No. no! Trump can't have him. I mean, Trump is not in charge here. Okay. I mean, he can, he can get his lawyers to do a bunch of dumb, but when you have bad lawyers, you get decent judges who eventually say, look, I don't want you coming back here with your bullshit. Come back if you have something to tell me. But if you come back here with your bullshit, I'm summarily waving my hand and you're out of here. Unless you're Aileen Cannon. Right. That's the problem. Therein lies the rub. There's plenty more to get him on. But, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, He can win in Florida. I mean, it's not like we have four prosecutions or anything. Yeah, he has to. That's the thing. More coming. More he down ha- the pipe. He has to. He has to go four for four. Because if he goes we three for, go four, for four, he still we may go up to the one river. For ninety-one, actually. Can Robin. we let Robin talk, please? No, but no. Christopher's right. Uh, he can. He can win on everything but one count in D.C. He can win on everything but one count in Florida. There's still felonies, still convictions. Hey, Ben, can I have a derivative of your nickname? How about Pumpkin Tits Tiny Fingers? (laughs) That's a good one, too. As to food porn, I'm up now to 115 pounds of tomatoes off of 10 plants. Good God. Wow. That's a lot. What are you going to do with all that, Roger? Oh, a lot of it's in jars, and a lot of it went through my digestive tract. I'm starting to eat diced up tomatoes for dessert. I mean, tomatoes are fruit. Yes. I've been a eating berry, nothing but Concord grapes. They're berries. That's why they make such good juice. Oh, we've got all kinds of crushed tomatoes and uh, the the makings of spaghetti sauce and things of that sort in jars. Oh, uh, I just looked at uh, We are well into the third hour of the program. Uh, y'all, it's a miracle. 
uh, I have humongous thanks to send out to our anonymous friend, our kind anonymous internet friend, to Squeaky. Thank you, Squeaky. Thank you to Mary. Haven't heard from Mary in a long time. Thank you so much, Mary. And thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Uh, it is a it's 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 a no kidding miracle. And thank you as well uh, to Routes. This is amazing. We have met, and I mean it's. We have met Larry and Liberalville's magnificent, monumental, week-long challenge. Larry said if we raised 200 bucks a night, Monday through Friday, that he'd double the 200 And on top of it, he said he would add a premium for everything that we brought in above that, a 10% premium. For everything above the, the 200 and so there's been a premium every day but yesterday. And I'm not kidding when I say that I have wondered if you know if, if we would make it to the 20-year mark. The power's on, the Internet's on, the phones are on. Everything here nominally works. Um, and thank you. Just thank you so 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 very much for everybody who's done everything through these through these months. You know, maybe October will be hard too. I don't know, but we are fully funded for the month of September. We were not fully funded for for May, for June, for July, for August, but this September, we are fully funded. And thanks to each and every one of you who made that pay, possible. And thank you, Larry and Liberalville. For the, for the challenge. Again, thank you to James for a huge gift that wiped out all the backlog up to this Monday for the month of September. That's profound. And for a little for a little program that exists on the last thread of a dry rotted speaker string, this is this is amazing. And it takes an amazing amount of weight off of me. And I know that may sound like no big deal to other people or everybody else has stress as well. But this is how this program survives. And I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled. Your hostess is humbled. And uh, I can't thank you enough. It's just fantastic. Hey, Robin, I just threw in 20. Christopher, I just saw that. Thank you so much. Well, that'll go. You're that'll welcome. go toward the premium. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I kind of got to looking around. I can't find a whole lot of people who are just doing three hours solo anymore. But that's what we do here. Um, you know, Brother Deacon Asa said something a, little, uh, a couple of days ago or so. And uh, uh, we had had a previous conversation uh, mentioning, uh, and I think it was Darlene talking about it. Um, and, 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 you know, a couple of, 
Yeah, a couple of relative youngsters, you know, pontificating and opining. Um, and Brother Deacon Asa said, it pisses me off that Brian Tyler Cohen has 1,100 four-plus stars on his podcast on Spotify after three years of weekly podcasts. But a certain southern hostess has zero after nearly two hours of three-hour-a-day weekday podcasts daily. What have we done wrong here? And... Well, it's on me because I haven't been, you know, please like on Spotify. So, um, but I still, I think it's pretty remarkable what what happens here. And the fact that we get so much right. There is such a breadth and depth of knowledge here. And I'm not always, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about y'all. And what goes on in this con- uh, these conversations, uh, whether it's the, whether it's live like this or whether it's uh, via email or the 92 other platforms that I try to monitor every evening during the program, uh, that's how the, that's how the process of getting all this shit right happens. I but, mean, uh, we talked about everything that's going on right now when that when after right after the election that Friday right after the election and Kevin, Kevin from Colorado was here and he said, let these, let these folks hang themselves. Let them go run them up, act like crazy idiots. And hopefully they'll hang, they'll give them enough rope to hang themselves. And I think it's happening exactly what we talked about that, that Friday after the election, it's all come to fruition. And I, and I'm, I swear, it is funny, all these little coincidences with my filthy morning habit. Last night it was a Green Acres reference. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then today there's Maybe a Green Acres listening. reference. Or a producer, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny because we've got so many things in common. We're almost the same age. He's from Alabama. I'm from Alabama. Yeah, but you were never a Republican. No, no, not even remotely. I was raised by, I was raised by Roosevelt FDR Democrats, who told me that they would never speak to me in the afterlife if I ever voted for a Republican, and I took (laughs) and, and I took them seriously, and I have not. Um. Hell, I get I get dressed every morning. And I go to have my first cup of coffee, and I have to look I look up at the ceiling or the sky or whatever, and say hi, Dad, before I b- before I take a sip of coffee, or he will dump it down my front. I'm not kidding. I have to hide Dad with every meal, or I'll wear it down the front of down the and it's it wasn't so bad in the before time, but now it's a little embarrassing. Uh-huh. Um. But you know, he got a law degree. I, I, we both went to Alabama, uh, and, and and apparently, <laughs> if these are coincidences, they're hellacious coincidences. But the day that he, the day that he said Jim Jim Jordan with his jacket off, oh my! And there's been two of them this week. It's just curious. Like the king said in, in, in The King and I, tis a puzzlement. 
Hey, Emilio. Hey, can I say something real quick? Yeah. About, yes. Did you, did y'all see about what happened down in the Georgia elections case? Which part? Nope. One of the one of the nineteen pleaded pleaded guilty. Yeah, oh, yeah, we've got our first guilty yeah, plea. No, excuse me. Oh, okay. I didn't know if anybody heard that. I just happened to be surfing the Guardian, and there it was. We've got our first guilty plea. And we may have our second and third because plea offers have been made. Damn hiccups. I swear I'm not drinking gin on the air. Uh, it's vodka. <laughs> yeah, it's vodka. No, he's in West Virginia. He's, God damn it, it's grain alcohol. It's Lanny Goat's milk. It's very sweet. I was going to say vermouth. But, uh, <laughs> it's nectarine grain alcohol. Uh, but no, um, um, it's Squidney Powell, the Kraken lawyer, and Kenneth Cheesebro have been offered plea deals. And you, you, it's can we assume these all all folks are going to squeal like a pig? We do not. Um, I would say in the case of the guy who's already entered his guilty plea, there's probably some sort of an agreement. It's not entirely clear if the offer to Cheesebro and the Kraken lawyer includes an uh, agreement to testify. Now, if you're that guy or those gals, do you need to hire a bodyguard? I would. I sure as fuck would. Sure as hell stay off small aircraft. The maggot army, man, right? They know their names. Stay away from windows above the second story. <laughs> Don't get near people with umbrellas. <laughs> One of the uh, things that I came across was that Fonnie Willis was attempting to get the first two to plead because she doesn't want to have to present the entire case to provide the other 17 with a preview of what her case is going to be beyond what has already been exposed because she would have to present the entire case on that early trial. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it it does. And it's going to be, it's going to be an unwieldy trial any way you, any way you slice it. But then again, practice makes perfect. She's got two that she could screw up on, refine the case, and well, remember these are these are all conspirators. Those two may be pawns, Cheese Bro and uh, uh, the the Kraken Lawyer. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about them. Because remember, the Kraken Lawyer was complaining about, hey, why 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 am I under this bus? And it Who's may, that it, other? Who's the parking it, it, lot lawyer? Oh, oh, uh, Alina Havana, 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 Havana. She's under the bus too, right? No, 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 no. She's she said she's going to be lead chair in the uh, in in either Tish James's fraud suit or she's going to be lead chair in um, first chair lawyer in uh, the Stormy Daniels payoff uh, crimes. Oh. 
She's still on the good graces. Is that what we're calling it now? I don't know. Think that's, of assuming else. Just, that's assuming she's still going to have a law license. Who's Rudy's lawyer now? He's suing his lawyers, right? Rudy's going to end up being a fool for a lawyer and a fool for a client. I was about to say, I think Rudy Rita is Rudy's Hub- lawyer. He's going to represent himself. <laughs> Rudy Hobba can't be in that good of graces. She's the one that signed off for a bench trial, of course. <laughs> She's the one that fucked up and cost Trump everything in the summary judgment. It was her fault. Instead of a jury trial where you could get one out of 12 or one out of 10 maggots, right? That's all you need. Yes. Yeah, how many, how many, civil, uh, Steve, how many civil, uh, how many, uh, Jurors in a civil jury in New York. Six. I think there's two alternates. Really? And does a civil verdict have to? No. It's not. It doesn't have to be unanimous, does it? No, I think it's five to one. Oh, that's interesting. That's civil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Criminal, I think it's it's twelve jurors. Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't federal eighteen? No, no. I think I don't think. No, grand jury is like thirty six, but no. Right. Okay, grand jury. Okay. Oh, uh, can can we can we have a moment for a. Uh, uh, Brown skirt sighting. Yeah, that's what we call the moms for liberty now, the brown skirts. You know, they've been putting all these pressures on all these libraries. Go Did ahead. you see their, the spoof web, just real quick, the spoof website? Yes. I don't remember who did that, but it's if anybody doesn't see it, go look for it. It's fucking hilarious. Um, the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library in Alabama... In a, I guess you would say a preliminary or, you know, first strike or whatever you want to call it, decided to go ahead and purge some books. And there's no unapproved list yet. And there's no process yet in place for the moms for liberty to start carping and pissing and moaning about books. So the chief librarian of the Huntsville-Madison County, Alabama Public Library decided to be proactive and eliminate some books. This would be more in Monday material, but I don't want to save it because God knows by Monday. Oh, um, So they, 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 they started just basically name-searching and decided they were going to move all the books out of the children's section that dealt with gender or sexuality. I guess that would include a book called Sally Has a Mommy and a Daddy, wouldn't it? Move them all Dick over. and Jane. Yeah, yeah, move them all over to the adult section. You know, where maybe, maybe the kid mistakenly pulls down a copy of the story of O and... Oh, uh, 
But I got uh, we, and and some of this is because a lot of this news is being generated by people who have no under, no no real knowledge of the past. And I'm not I'm not being okay, Boomer, Gen X, goddammit. it. Um, but anybody here in romper room, because I'll see the hands. Remember the administration of old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan? Anybody? Right. I was a youngin', but I remember it. Yeah. I was a youngin', yeah. I was just a, a kid when he was a wee lad. A wee lad. <laughs> Steve remembers. <laughs> I, so, back then, he had an attorney general named Ed Meese. Mm-hmm. And Ed, I remember that name as a kid. Edwin Meese was a creepy old perv who went on a crusade to ban pornography. Oh God! And 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 no value judgments here. I mean, I see, I see, a, I see, a, I see a lot of porn sick dudes out there. Just. Him, trying to date. Um, porn sick straight dudes. And there were associated, you know, the typical AstroTurf groups, you know, Citizens for Decency and Morality, you know, that kind of thing. And at one point in time, their, 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 their jihad gathered such force that they came up with lists of books to ban. I'm sure even back in the uh, days of old 666, uh, is that you, uh, hello God, it's me, Margaret, or whatever was on it. You know, Judy Bloom. A lot of girls understood their own adolescence much better, thanks to Judy Bloom. Hmm. Uh, and eventually they started... They declared that they wanted to ban a book, and you can, you know, the title just makes it so clear. They wanted back then in the 80s to ban a book called Making It in the Kitchen with Mary. I mean, you can just think about what a, what, 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 what a trollop Mary must have been, you know, all covered, in, all covered in dust and flour and stuff and just sitting there rutting around on the floor. I mean, that Mary was a real tramp. Right? Well, no. It turns out these 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 guardians of our decency, protectors of our morals, wanted to ban a cookbook about dishes that had been recipes that had been developed <coughs> by a woman named Mary. Well, flash forward to the current era and the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library. They have decided that it would be too much for children to have access to a book called Read Me a Story, Stella. Stella! No, it has nothing to do with Tennessee Williams or Streetcar Named Desire. Read me a story, Stella. And and, and and as far as I can tell, Stella is not trans. 
or lesbian or non-binary or uh, pansexual, bisexual, what? No, no, no. And she's not reading stories about that. Stella is apparently perfectly heterosexual, if there's even any sexuality mentioned, because the book got banned because it, it, the author is a woman named Mary Louise Gay. Because of her name. The word gay is not even to be tolerated in these pious, puissant, righteous, Christian, conservative states. Even the name. I went to I went to I went to high school with people whose last name was Gay. Rudy Gay, you'd have to take him out of the NBA. Yeah. Guess he. Guess and he. And Ray Guy, you'd have to take him out of the Hall of Fame because Guy is too close to Gay. But, you know, the guy that's in the NBA, I'm, I don't think he's going to be playing the Orlando Magic or the Miami Heat. But in their listing, it just the, the listing of the book just said E, gay. E for everyone. Well, don't, gay. Don't forget about the sequel to the Making Make It in the Kitchen with Mary. Uh, it's uh, Julia Child Switches Sides. Chris. <laughs> Damn. The llama is near death. Yeah, what the, the, the bullshit they're pulling with our libraries is is not good. It's oh, it's scary as fuck. Uh, and Jude pointed out because you might remember this name, this blast from the past, uh, the Mies Commission. Uh, Jude says, if I'm not mistaken, James Dobson was part of Mises' commission. Yeah, going to all those porno shops. And and you have to, every time you mention James Dobson, you know, I don't know, maybe he's dribbling oatmeal now, but he was so dangerous. And his focus on the family in Colorado Springs was so vile and so hateful. But... You ever see the... Oh, but, but, but... James Dobson got himself, I kid you not, an Ed D degree from the University of Southern California. And so that's how he was Dr. Dobson. And as Dr. Dobson, the head of the Focus on the Family, he wrote books telling parents how to raise their children in a righteous and Christian manner. And one of the things that he suggested, because everything was about making sure that none of the precious little Christian children caught the gay, he said that a father should take his little toddler son into the shower with him and show him what a man's penis looks like and explain to him that someday you'll be a man and you've got one too. We're going to watch the salad. There's another salad there. I think uh, it's Kevin. Yeah. He also suggested that a child who was misbehaving should be beaten until they cry real tears. So you, you, you give them a good thrashing, but then you got to make sure they're not just faking the tears. they got to really be hurting good. 
You got to give them the old Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah, there you go. Ooh, good on you remembering that, Christopher. But 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 I think I think, and I've been saying this a lot. I think it's beneficial for us to understand that all of this fascism that we're seeing now ain't new. It's just. Yeah, you know, it's had a paint job. It's 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 been waxed. It's been polished up a little bit. But they, you know, they've been they've been a bunch of weirdos forever. And since yes. we a lot of, we spend a lot of time talking about fascism in America, uh, Rolling Stone had an article about something called active clubs. And these active clubs are white nationalist Nazi in nature, and they're filling the void after the leadership of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys were taken down in the wake of January 6th. John Lewis, a research fellow at the Program on Extremism at George Washington University, told Rolling Stone, the active clubs are who the Proud Boys thought they were. They're who the Proud Boys wanted to be. Active club don't sport their racist ideologies out in the open. Instead, they wrap it in a veneer of physical fitness, self-improvement, and there it is, white unity. There's a 50-page report from the Counter Extremism Project that says um, the active clubs are flying below the radar of law enforcement, and they are becoming evolving into a potentially horrifying standby militia of well-trained white nationalist fighters who can be activated when the need for coordinated violent action on a larger scale arises. Guess where they started? The military. No, no, geographically. West Virginia? Alabama? Mississippi? Orange County, California. Oh, well, okay. The guy who started it was named Robert Rundo. At one point, feds cracked down on a previous project and he fled to Eastern Europe. Part of it, part of the funding comes from the sales of lifestyle apparel that Rundo founded and it's called Will 2, the numeral 2, Will 2 Rise. And they sell militant active wear with you know, their name on it and, oh, I don't know, white power, track jackets and hoodies. And while you're at it, you can pick up some propaganda and recruiting stuff. The pamphlets. What do they call their the camo pants? Camel? What do they call the mossy? Oh, God damn it, there's a difference. Hey, Robin, that reminds me. I haven't heard anything from the Boogaloo boys in a while. Is that um, still a going concern? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, they they're, still, they're, they're still a going concern. A lot of them kind of went to ground uh, during the prosecutions. And Darlene mm-hmm. reminds me of, okay, this is during the reign of error. Don't forget this one with W. Bush's John Ashcroft. When John Ashcroft, the Attorney General of the United oh. States, spent thousands of taxpayer dollars covering up the naked titty of the of of a, of, of a big old uh, aluminum statue of Lady Justice at the DOJ, 
this was, that was so ridiculous. This was the same he attorney had, general who was terrified of calico cats. And, you know, I don't know why, because I got one. Uh, but according to weirdo John Ashcroft and his bizarre religion, calico cats were inhabited by the devil. And to be fair, and Joy in Ann Arbor knows what I'm talking about because she's got a tortie too. Torties and, and tortoiseshell, calicos have white in them. Tortoiseshells have no white. Um, they can be a little nutty, but they can be the sweetest things too. Our little tortie, Lucy Purr. Is so. Oh, she's adorable. When she wants to be petted, she will come up and take her little paw and pet you on your face first, and then wait for you. And then, and then you should learn, as her human, that you pet her then until she is sufficiently petted, and she will walk away. She's got these little soulful. But John Ashcroft thought she had a demon in her. It wasn't a joke. I don't know what's more ridiculous, his that the, the covering up the statue or his goddamn song. The oh, the, 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 no, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I remember that. The eagle is sore. What? I will say this. That's a total embarrassment to come out of the state of Kansas, Mr. Ashcroft. Yes. Oh, you have a, you have a few people to be very embarrassed about. Sam Mr. Brownback. Brownback. Yeah, he's the worst. He screwed the state up bad. Oh, but he he had to cover the statue because that's what he considers extreme fetish porn. <laughs> if that's extreme fetish porn, then what's David? Well, we 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 we, we, know. we we know that we we know that the headmistress of a of a, a school in Florida got dismissed for showing a, a picture a, a picture of the statue of David to her young charges. Oh, and thank you, Clarence, for this. According to page six on, you know, New York tabloid, uh, Jezebel reprinted or republished. Page six says that uh, melanoma has renegotiated her prenup with Nitwit Nero to protect uh, Baron's assets. Uh, little Baron is no longer little. He is 17 years old and 6 feet 7. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Damn. And the source, for, the source for the tabloid said that this is at least the third time melanoma has renegotiated. Melanoma is most concerned about maintaining and increasing a substantial trust for their son Baron. And she wants a specific amount at minimum uh, and she wanted more money and property for herself as well, and that it was uh, the the renegotiation was all uh, made necessary by the current legal troubles and the strain they put on Trump's wealth. He's going, but if Letitia James wins this case, he's going to be brokered in the Ten Commandments and poor as Job's turkey. Robin, is there enough ketchup in Florida? I don't think there's enough ketchup in the United States. <laughs> it's funny you guys should say that because Roger just got done telling us how many tomatoes he's got. <laughs> you better get going on those fucking tomatoes, hey, Roger. Roger, Roger, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, Roger, cash or nothing. 
When it gets bad, cash or nothing, honey. Send it to our alarm ass. Catch him. <laughs> if Leticia has her way, he won't be able to afford the ketchup. He won't own buildings anymore. <laughs> Just remember, the two hundred fifty million dollars is a starting point. That's not the highest bid. They're thinking it could be billions. Yes, she goes for in the end. That'd yeah, two hundred and fifty million is what he is out. We know right. because remember, the fraud has already been found, and there is no ceiling. And he keeps admitting to making it worse and worse, saying, I Damn. think they valued it and they're worth more than you say they are. He confirms his lies over and over again. Keeps digging the hole. What are we going to see? Him be, end up being over a zillion dollars in debt? Yeah, Z with a Z. Yeah, Z, zillion with a Z. Hey, okay. Baron, go ahead. I did enjoy the... Uh... Trump Tower with the E. Jean Carroll name on it. Yes, yeah, and I also saw one where Letitia James Tower had also been placed. Yeah, that's awesome. I like another idea: demolish Trump Tower and make a memorial of four hundred thousand Americans who died during COVID. We have one for nine eleven victims, three hundred three thousand. Make it four hundred thousand for Trump Tower. Well, you know, Baron being six seven, and that's put and, and, and put him. wind turbines on top of it. <laughs> oh yeah, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> but Robin, um, Baron being well, six seven, no, they, that's they that... kill... go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, those wind turbines kill birds, cause cancer, and kill whales. We can't put those. Yeah, and the whales too. Right, the whales too. That's right. I know whale ceviche. Uh, put put windmills on the top to pump out the swamp from underneath. Truth. But Baron uh, Baron being six seven, that's enough proof positive, de- definitive proof that melanoma must be a descendant of Count Dracula. Oh, I think so. Yeah, she's got to be. And he's always pictured with his mouth closed, not smiling. Him being six seven makes me wonder about whether Donnie is his father. That too. Well, that, uh, that, I've, I've heard that they do. That family does run tall. But uh, how? But but how did? Okay, how did Trump get her pregnant? Because the only way he could have logically got her pregnant is if she was artificially inseminated with the semen. Uh, but he does. To be fair, okay, he is as pale. As uh, Vlad Dracul, um, but his the photo I'm looking at, and I don't know if it's been manipulated, but um, doesn't look like a happy boy. And there have been some reports over the years that he's that he may be neurodivergent. Oh. Well, would you be happy with Donald J. Trump as your father? <laughs> or, or, or the two the other, other boys as your stepbrothers? I mean, never mind the wicked guys. stepsisters. You got the stupid stepbrothers. Head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he must be happy. He's got one kick-ass aunt. 
Hey Jeremy, what did Steffi what did Steffi call them? It was really funny. It was like Cokey it, it, instead of um Pokey and uh, Gum, Gumby and Pokey, it was Cokey and Dumber or no, what was Dummy it? Dummy and Cokey? Something, what, what something did you say? stupid in it and then uh Bob Seska calls them Ube and the two Saddam Sunday yes. Yeah, or or what? Yeah, what? Kuse, what Kuse. Yeah, right. Kuse, or as yeah. as the late great Bart Cop used to refer to them, Udi, Udi and Cootie. Yeah. It was Cokey and Gummy. Oh, Gummy, because of his gums. That's yeah, all you see. He's all, all teeth and gums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cokey and, and Gummy. Gum. That's what it was. It would be Gummy and Cokey. Because it's Gumby yeah, and Pokey. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all, this is... Uh, Christopher, welcome back. Yeah, it's been a long hiatus. You it's never you back. never, you never, did tell me if you got a, a big old corned beef sandwich or a Chicago dog. Now, you know, I didn't get the corned beef, but I got the, of course, White Castle. Yeah, but did you of get the Vienna, beef, the Vienna beef with the poppy seed bun and the arsenical green peppers and the, you know, the sport peppers and you know, the, the tomato slice and all of that? Yes, I got a Chicago dog at every sporting event I was at. Is there a particular mustard that they use? It's just yellow. Oh, okay. It's just plain old yellow mustard. Now, the relish has to be from, like, Mars. It has to be that really fluorescent. Yeah, that's why I refer to it as that arsenical green. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That that color green does not exist in nature. Yeah, oh, sport peppers always. Always. Love so me, yes, I love did me, have like love me four or five peppers. of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then I, I, I didn't get dogs. the Culver's. I didn't get the Culver's. Oh, no concrete mixer. Culver's. I, yeah, I was going to go there for lunch, and then I was running late from meeting some people, and so I no, I didn't get the fucking Culver's. Oh, that's tough. I know. Oh, that hurts. Well, y'all, I got to get out of here because the iPad is down to 7%. This poor old thing, uh, and that's what the uh, that, that that's what the front porch is coming through here. But this has been a wonderful conversation this evening. Thank you all, and thanks uh, thanks Roger for your moderating help. Um, I was kind of waiting to see if Steve from Georgia Stan is going to pop in, but the back porch. I'm going to go ahead and disconnect before this thing disconnects me. Thank y'all. Uh, the back porch, I presume, will continue. After the program, after this program uh, is no longer live, I cannot thank you enough, all of you. Even uh, for those of you who just, you know, God, I hope she, I hope, I hope, I hope they, I hope she gets the challenge met. Even if you did that, I, I, thank you. Um, I'm so, so grateful. To our PayPal and Patreon subscribers, and to all of our a la carte contributors, and for the challenges this month, we'll start October, and we won't be in a hole, and that will be fantastic. Thank you so very much. Thank you for the challenges to Larry from Liberalville, and thanks again to James for zeroing out all the the backlog that was over a week long. Thank you. Thanks for keeping this program on the air, because it is a community that you make. 
with your kind gift. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff again. Thank you, Roger. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, HeadOn.Live. Hey, uh, can we get some four-star, five-star reviews on, on Spotify, please, if you're listening that way? Wherever you are, please like the podcast um, on whatever platform. Subscribe on whatever platform. Thank you. Leave a comment for the algorithms. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Still working on that. Thank you to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Schedule your booster. It's time. Wear your mask when you're around five or more people, like Paul from Parts Unknown said. Be especially careful if you're around maggots, because they don't give a damn about anybody but themselves, and they don't care much about themselves. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And, you know, not just your booster, your RSV, your flu shot, because we're smarter than the anti-vaxxers. And we'll just let them win their Darwin Awards. And, well, if someone comes towards you, adipose, orange, shambling, Blathering on about, we need to stop the primary. Uh, ignore, ignore Nitwit Nero like the plague, because he is. Oh, and by the way, that's one of the things in the Cassidy Hutchinson book. He was near death when he had COVID. They saved his life in Bethesda. But he could never admit that because, you know, superior. Superior genes. But always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.